Well, good morning, everyone. Isn't that great worship? Great worship. Good morning. Well, welcome, whether you are here on our West Campus or whether you're watching on Facebook Live. It's so great to be with you this morning on a beautiful day. So let me tell you, friends, the year was 1995, and my wife, Julie, and I had been out of school, out of college for four years. We'd been married for four years. We had been away from home in Indianapolis for four years. In some respect, we had been wandering professionally, trying to find our way for four years. We were unengaged socially. We were unconnected spiritually. And I had what you could almost describe as a bout of depression. And it really had me paranoid because it ran in my family. We were trying to have kids, but we were unsuccessful up to this point in time. Now, we were Christians. We were Christ followers. We went to church. You know, we believed in Jesus, but something was missing. Something was just not right. So we were called home in the summer of 1995 for my career. We came home to Evansville. What would God have in store for us? So I grew up at Christian Fellowship Church, CFC, and uh, Julie grew up Catholic. She went to Corpus Christi out here on the west side. But we wanted a new start. We wanted a fresh place, a new direction with new people, with different people. So most of our friends from Evansville were long gone. They had, they had moved on. So we visited a church called Crossroads Christian Church on the east side of town. One stop. <laughs> we went there one time. That became our home. We landed there. And what a joy that was. So we began attending services regularly. We joined a small group. We served in the church. And thinking about this small group, we had seven couples, young couples, just like us, that were, that were looking for community. Couples that did not have children like us, all wanted children. We had that commonality. And God blessed our group. So after just a couple years, each one of us, each of our couples were forking out big bucks for babysitters. So we heeded the Bible verse, Genesis 1.28, which says, increase in number and multiply. So that's what we did. So we found deep, meaningful spiritual relationships with the people in that group. Not only them, though, but pastors and elders and lay leaders at Crossroads. So many people we became close with in the congregation at Crossroads. So 25 years ago, Crossroads was there for Julie and me when we needed faith, when we needed direction, when we needed hope, when we needed community. We found a home in Crossroads. We fell in love with Crossroads Christian Church. The Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible defines church as a group or assembly of persons called together for a particular purpose. A group or assembly of persons called together for a particular purpose. Let's break that definition down. So first of all, Church is a group. It is not an individualistic activity. It is a group with other people. There's other people involved. It's an assembly. So if the church, you have a gathering. Now, it looks different right now in the midst of a pandemic, doesn't it? People are gathered here in the building, but we have people gathered in their homes as well. But there's a gathering. People are called together. So what's that word called mean? It means someone else is directing the activities of the church. Who could that be? Called together for a particular purpose. Purpose. So there's a purpose in church. There's a role. There's a mission 
for the church. What is the mission of the church? Well, this has been an awesome series, hasn't it? This is our fifth message in our kingdom series. If you've been following along with us on this journey, coming to the West Campus for the services or watching online, maybe you're reading the Jeremy Treat book, Seek First. Maybe you're even participating in one of our small groups on Tuesday night or another night. We pray that you are beginning to gain an understanding of the kingdom of God. We pray that you are pursuing the kingdom of God. Let's recap our messages so far. First message, we found our story in God's story of the kingdom of God. We now recognize Jesus as the unmatchable king. He is our servant king. He is our crucified king, and he is our resurrected king. We have a kingdom perspective now for all of life, for work, for play, for rest, for food, for creativity, and for the arts. We also have a kingdom purpose in following Jesus as his disciple. And now, friends, we turn our attention to the church, to the church, God's church. We turn our attention to community, what Christian community looks like. So where do we start? <laughs> well, God's story started with creation, right? Remember that weeks ago? Genesis 1 and 2 tells us God created the heavens and the earth, and he created everything in the heavens and the earth. First, he created man. Then in Genesis 2.18, God recognized it is not good for man to be alone. So what did he do? He created a woman, a woman named Eve. And that's so impactful, I'm going to say that again. God recognized that it is not good for you and me to be alone. God, in his all-knowing, all-encompassing, all-powerful wisdom, created community. God created us and God created community. So you and I are created for community. Well, this morning, my goal is to answer three questions. Three questions for you and me. You ready? How does the church relate to the kingdom of God? What is the mission of the church? And how can you and I seek community through the church? How does the church relate to the kingdom of God? What's the mission of the church? How can you and I seek community through the church? So first question, how does the church relate to the kingdom of God? Now, if you are like me, this is confusing. What is the difference between the church and the kingdom? How are they connected? How does God view the church? How does God view the kingdom? Remember our definition of the kingdom. Jeremy Treat claims the kingdom of God is God's reign through God's people over God's place. The kingdom comes first. Jesus says in Matthew 6, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So if the kingdom comes first, then the church must be a part of the kingdom, not a substitute for the kingdom, not a replacement for the kingdom, but a part of the kingdom. I think this is a good way to view this. We should not, under any circumstance, minimize the role of the church, but we should recognize that the role of the church is kind of a subsidiary role of the kingdom. Jeremy Treat writes, the church fits within the broader vision of the kingdom of God. The church is the redeemed people of God, gathered by the gospel and organized according to scripture. So like my small group that I mentioned earlier, 
The church has commonality. There's commonality in Jesus Christ. Now, I get this. You might be saying, Matt, I've been a part of a lot of churches where there seems to be no unity. There seems to be no division. There's only strife. There's only problems. Well, I agree. Amen. Amen. Church is made up of people. And unfortunately, we are all sinful people. We put self, we put pride above God's church. Unfortunately, that is reality. The good news is that church is temporal. Church is a temporal or provisional reality for this age that we live in today. And it's going to give way to the fullness of God, the fullness of the kingdom when Jesus Christ comes again. Amen? Amen, Amen, Betty? Amen. So if you've been around Crossroads for a while, you have walked through some challenging times with us. You have. The long history of our church, 52, 53-year history, includes leadership mishaps. It includes failures in unity. It includes conflict resulting from ministry decisions and misses in community engagement. It does. Julie and I have been a part of it half of the entire life of our church. But through it all, we as a church at Crossroads have, have sought God's direction, and he has been faithful. He has been faithful. And as it relates to our Crossroads West Campus, God is resolutely pointing us toward unity and pointing us toward community. And we're excited to see where God lands this plane. Friends, let's not give up on the church. Let's not give up on the church. God's church may not seem as attractive to some in this individualistic Western culture that we live in. God's church may not seem, it may seem irrelevant to what? The selfie generation, right? <laughs> Seems irrelevant in some respects, doesn't it? And God's church is just plain messy, it is. But let's not give up on the church. Why shouldn't we? Well, the church is a preview. It is an outpost and it is an instrument of the kingdom of God. First, the church is a preview of the kingdom of God. The church offers a glimpse. It offers the coming attraction, the eternal kingdom when Christ comes again. Just like John the Baptist previewed Jesus in his first coming, the church previews Jesus in his second coming. Through the church, we long for perfection of a new heaven. We long for the perfection of a new earth where there is no pain, no division, no hypocrisy, no isolation, no sin. That's what we long for. Next, the church is an outpost of the kingdom of God. What's that mean? We can describe the church as an embassy of the kingdom. I love that. So we are ambassadors as a part of our church of the king, our king. We operate under the authority of King Jesus. We represent Jesus as citizens of his kingdom on earth. We have a shared mission as the church and the communities in which we live all over the world. Finally, the church is an instrument. It's an instrument of the kingdom of God. Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God to his disciples who founded the early church. Luke writes about this in Acts 1-3. Jesus intentionally chose the church. He could have done a lot of different ways. But he intentionally chose the church to advance his mission. Jesus encourages Peter in Matthew 16, 18, on this rock, 
on this rock, I will build my church in the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, will not overcome it. Jesus had faith in the church. He had faith in the early church 2,000 years ago. Jesus has faith in the church today. The church bears witness to the kingdom of God. The church is a preview, an outpost, and an instrument of the kingdom of God. God's church fits within the broader vision of the kingdom of God. That is how the church relates to the kingdom. Our next question, what is the mission? What is the mission of the church? I'm reminded of Jake and Elwood. Jake and Elwood. Anybody know who I'm talking about? Played by the late, great John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. So from the Blues Brothers movie, 1980. Some of you probably weren't even born at that point in time, but (laughs) Garrett back there. So in this movie, Jake and Elwood were brothers. And they were trying to raise money, $5,000, to pay back taxes to save the orphanage that they grew up in. Remember that storyline? And they had all kind of trouble. They had obstacles that they were trying to overcome. It looked hopeless, but they were driven. They were driven by one thing. Does anybody remember what they said throughout the entire movie? Everybody knows it. Wow, that's amazing. We are on a mission from God. We are on a mission from God. It just, they said it throughout the entire movie. And I remember every time they said that, I was like, what are they talking about? We are on a mission from God. So in the same sense, just like the Blues Brothers, our church is on a mission from God. So what is that mission? You may think of all kinds of important things that the church does. Many of these are found in Scripture. So we can point to many purposes, many roles, many missions for the church, very important task. For instance, the church publicly worships Jesus. The church glorifies Jesus. The church emulates Jesus. The church honors Jesus. Pretty important role for the church. The church evangelizes those that are lost by calling them to the Savior. The church nurtures and cares compassionately for those in need by feeding the poor and ministering to those with physical ailments. The church proclaims the powerful truth of the Bible and the powerful truth about Jesus. The church demonstrates what it means to be free. The church demonstrates what it means to be forgiven by replicating the lifestyle of Jesus. The church shows the world what the family of God looks like, as Jesus claims in Mark 3.35 when he says, whoever does God's will is my brother and my sister and my mother. The church assists in the growth and maturity of Jesus' followers, as the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Paul writes, the church should encourage one another and build one another up. And then finally, the church renews the culture, brings the reign of Christ to bear on every element of society, and transforms our cities for the glory of God. How can we argue with any of those missions, any of those purposes for the church. There's big stuff there, big things that the church is doing. But I would submit that the biggest mission of all, the most important mission of all in the church is missing. And this mission encompasses all the other missions. So let me set the stage for you. Jesus is on the mountain of Galilee. He's ready to ascend to heaven and leave behind 
the Holy Spirit for his disciples. Jesus tells his followers in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, he says, therefore go, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. In that moment, Jesus gives the great commission. I'll rephrase that. Jesus gives the great co-mission. And what is that mission? Go and make disciples. Make disciples. So how does God's mission for the church all tie together in the great commission, making disciples? Where Jeremy Tree claims the church is a dis- distinct community that makes disciples and equips those disciples to, to be salt and light, participating in God's work of renewal in the world. Let's look at four other Bible verses that describe the church and support our explanation of the mission of the church to be making disciples. Four more verses. It's, a, it's important to understand, this is not a mission that we, as Christ followers, can tackle on our own. Jesus tells his disciples in Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. So you and I witness through the power of the Holy Spirit when we make disciples. Next, Peter describes the church in 1 Peter 2.9. Peter writes, you are a chosen people, church. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. We know from this verse that the church is chosen. The church is holy, it's royal, it's God's possession. For what purpose? For making disciples. Paul writes again to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 2, 21 and 22. He says, in Jesus Christ, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which Christ lives by his spirit. We learn here that the church joins together as a holy temple, a holy dwelling as it makes disciples. Then finally, the church must live out faith. The church must live out faith in the world. The church is to make disciples who act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. This is from Micah 6, 8. So Jesus viewed the early church as an extension of his mission on earth. The early church was organic. It was multiplying. The early church was sacrificial. It promoted good. That said, the mission of the early church was so much more than simply making Jerusalem, making the surrounding communities, making the Mediterranean region a better place. It was so much more than that. The early church was about transforming lives. The early church was about making disciples. And that, friends, remains our mission today. Now for our last question. Last question. How can you and I seek community through the church? How can you and I seek community through the church? What can we do? Well, to me, community starts with love. Jesus tells Peter in John 13, 34, and 35, a new command I give you, love one another 
By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Too often, Christ followers can be, can be guilty of looking for love in all the wrong places. All right, who wants me to sing it? Looking for love in all the wrong places. Sorry, I'll stop there. I cleared the aisle a couple times in the past. Right, Ryan? Amen. I got an amen from Ryan. So all I will say is this. A church fulfilling kingdom work, a church on mission for God, a church making disciples is filled with what? Love. It's filled with love. So back to our question. How can you and I seek community through the church? First, there's four things. First, commit. 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 Commit to the church. Put your church before yourself. Jesus is bigger than you. The kingdom of God is bigger than you. The mission of the church is bigger than you. And let's face it, we live in a non-committal culture, don't we? Nobody wants to commit to anything. Resist that. Resist your culture. You can't have community if you don't commit. Submit to church leadership. Sacrifice time. Sacrifice resources. Create a covenant with other brothers and other sisters in Christ. Church is not perfect. It's not. You're going to find hypocritical people. You will. You'll find ugliness. You're going to find sin. As I said, I love my church. Julie and I love our church with all of our heart, but Crossroads is by no means perfect. But, but no commitment, no community. So first of all, commit. Second, contribute. Contribute. Be a contributor, not a consumer. Be a contributor, not a consumer. Jeremy Treat uses the comparison of a cruise ship in a battleship. I think this is awesome. If you read the book, really, really cool. I have to admit, I love cruises. <laughs> I absolutely love cruises. We've been on many, many cruises. What's better than a cruise? You lay around and people take care of you, right? Small group of people do all the work. Your needs are met. You're served. You relax. Others work. <laughs> it better than that, does it? A battleship is completely different. A battleship is different. A battleship, everyone works toward a mission. Everyone is working in the same direction. Everyone contributes. There's one class of people, not two classes. Everyone has a role. Would you agree with me that we are in a battle? We're in a battle with Satan. We're in a battle with evil. We're in a battle with sin every day. Our church, Crossroads, should be a battleship. Don't just be a well fed, church shopping, consumer of Christian services. Don't do it. Don't be a contributor to the mission of the church. I want to encourage you, contribute and find community. First commit, second contribute, third commune. Notice how they're all C's. Commune. Seek deep, meaningful relationships within the church. Be a good spiritual friend to another in the church. Julie and I have been a part of countless small groups, discipleship groups for men and women. We've led them. We've led discipleship groups for kids over 25 years. We've also been engaged in many, many mentoring and discipling relationships, one-on-one -on -one relationships and community. These relationships have been transformative for us. They've been transformative for the others that we've been in relationship with. A friend that begins in Christ continues in Christ, and is perfected in Christ is a friend 
indeed. And Crossroads has many, many places for you to commune in community with others. So commit, contribute, commune, and connect. Connect. So church is a place that connects through the supernatural grace of God. Church is a place that reconciles. Church is a place that forgives people when they're harmed. Church is a place that restores people with the Savior. Church is a place that redeems people from their sin. And church is a place that binds people together, binds marriages, binds family relationships that are failing. Personally, I have experienced God's unexpected, unmerited, and undeserved grace so many times through community at Crossroads. In the same sense, our Crossroads Counseling Center can help you as a great resource to connect, reconcile, forgive, restore, redeem, and bind. You can find community when you connect at Crossroads. So how do we see community through the church? We commit, we contribute, we commune, we connect. That's how we see community. So as we close our message this morning, I want to say it again. You and I are created for community. You and I are created for community. It's how God designed us. It's who we are. It's who we're made to be. It's what we are to do. Where do we best find community? We best find community in the church. And we live in a broken world, an isolated culture, a self-elevating, selfie society. We remain in the midst of a pandemic that's separating us, separating friends and families and coworkers. We live in this digital world that begs for emailing and instant messaging and texting and Facebooking. These are necessary activities, necessary forms of communication, but they are still inadequate. They really are. They're simply inadequate. These activities are not true community. You and I need deep, meaningful spiritual relationships. These relationships can be found in church. You and I, we need community. And I want to challenge you, start with church. So our West team wants to encourage you to embrace the need for others in your life and fulfill your responsibility with others in your life. If you do, if you do that, we promise it will change everything for you. It will change everything. So I started our message describing how we found a new church home in Crossroads some 25 years ago. So the church, our small group, our pastors, they were all there for Julie and me when we needed community. And I think about the faces and the names as I turn the page, the pages year over year, all the people that we've connected with, been in community with, year after year. People I loved, people that loved me and cared for me. Some are still around. Some are long gone. Some have departed. But after 25 years, Crossroads remains our home. We have a different small group. We have different leaders in our church. We have largely a different congregation. We're even worshiping in a different building. (laughs) But we have the same church. Even more important, we have the same community. Friends, after 25 years, I am still in love with Crossroads 
Christian church, my church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this incredible morning you've given us. God, thank you for community. Thank you for creating us. God, you've created us for a purpose as a church. You've created us for a mission. You want us to commit. You want us to contribute. You want us to commune. And you want us to connect. God, may we do that. May we do that. Because if we do, it will change everything in our lives. It's in the powerful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.